Welcome back to the Potluck Podcast. We have a big, big show in store for you today. We got the Week 10 recap, Week 11 preview, and an in-depth dive into commerce in Washington Wilkes. All that and more coming up on this episode. Let's get right to it. Listening to the Potluck Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Commerce Football. We won't feel too bad keeping you for a little longer with this one as the drive time from Commerce to Washington is a little over an hour, so this will fit right into that drive with room to spare. Won't keep you quite that long, but this is a big episode if you do not already. Follow us on Twitter at Potluck Football and give us a rating, review, and subscribe to uh, the podcast on your podcast provider of choice. I'm your host, Colton Dean, with a little nasal congestion going on, <laughs> as you can hear. But hey, I, I, it's back-to-back weeks. I was on, I was on the, on the down and out last oh, week with own. the throat. Almost went, my, my voice went out. Now I got the the uh, the nasal problems going on. A little sinus infection. I'm just getting over. So, hey, at least it wasn't COVID. <laughs> Alongside me, as always, Uncle Son. Mason Westerland, fresh off his transfer to the Maysville Post Office. How we doing, Son? Doing good, Dino. And uh, first off, I do want to say Colton Dean probably deserves the MVP from last week because he did not feel well. But he toughed it out and gave us a great show last week and even made it to Social Circle to watch the Tigers win. Uh, but, yeah, hats off to Dino for Listen, being a trooper. Drugs drugs will get you there. <laughs> but don't do them, kids. <laughs> we want to jump right into the recap? Yeah, let's, go, let's go right into it. Why not? <laughs> let's jump right into the Week 10 recap. Where we left off, Commerce at Social Circle. Tigers win 48-22 on the road. It was 26-0 at half before a back-and-forth Second half ensued. Uncle Son, what did you see out there on Friday night in Social Circle? Well, um, I saw the Tigers come out and win a ball game uh, Friday night. And you look at the scoreboard, and we won uh, 48-22. to 22. We covered the spread. The yeah, spread was two points. Yeah, it's a 24-point spread. Uh, we covered right there at the end. Um, but I kind of got the impression, at least at the game, and from the, the week since that the Tiger fans and Tiger coaches may have not been completely satisfied with that win. I think I think folks wanted to see Commerce blow Social Circle out of the water. Um, I think that's, you know, fair. Yeah. Given the results this year. but Yeah. But I do want to say uh, what some people may not know is that number two for Social Circle um, is running back. Great player. Had a great game against Commerce. Friday night. This was his first week back. Uh, he had been injured all season, and he came back, and he made a difference in that game. He had over 100 yards rushing against the Tigers, uh, and Commerce's defense hasn't given that, that kind of yardage up on the season very often. Um, so he made a difference, and I think that's one of the reasons why the social circle had so much success Friday night. Um, also, let's see, we can get right into the game. And you, you said, you know, the game was kind of back and forth. We, we had – At least uh, in the second In the yeah. second, second half, half, yeah. We jumped out to a 26 nothing lead, and then um, Social Circle matched us on the scoreboard in the second half, 22-22. to 22. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we had 487 yards total offense, almost at 500 yards, which is, that's a big number. Um, we had 374 uh, rushing yards on 38 attempts. That's breaking down to almost 10 yards a rush. When you think about it, that's that's pretty explosive. Yeah. Um, we had two different players uh, rush over the century mark this week. Michael Sherman, I think, with his first – may have been his first career 100-yard rushing game. Uh, he had 133 yards rushing on eight attempts and two touchdowns. Sammy Brown was right behind him with 131 yards rushing on seven attempts with one touchdown. And then uh, Tylen Brock and, and Trey Huff also added touchdowns on the ground. Um, one thing I did see on Friday night that was encouraging, our passing game looked great. I know um, the stands kind of got in an uproar when we saw those passes completed, but there were three passes completed for over 30 yards apiece. Uh, Cunningham, Brock, and Frady's all brought in receptions, and two of those went the distance for touchdowns. Yep. Um, so the offense looked good. Um, I think if you were at the game, um, you kind of had the sense that that wasn't the case. Uh, at least, I don't know. We both saw Coach Brown kind of erupt in the first half, and he was he was upset with the penalties. He was upset with some blocking assignments. Yeah. But I think all in all, the Tigers settled in on offense and and put together a good game. Yeah, for, like you said, for whatever reason, it did seem like a little bit of a lackluster performance. Like it was almost it's kind of a, a little weird dull uh, in the, in general yeah. the atmosphere there. Um, but let me say though about their facilities, holy smokes! <laughs> like I couldn't believe it when I walked yeah. into their. I mean, it, it, the football field. And if you weren't there, it sits in the same place. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable the it's amount of money and you know resources that have must have gone into what the complete makeover of the entire athletic complex yeah. there. It was unbelievable. It's reminiscent of what Madison County has done. At, yeah, in they had the turf and everything. Right, unbelievable. It, it looked very similar. Um, they had huge visitor stands. Almost their visitor stands dwarfed their home side, but they had like nice seating. They had chairs in their stands for like boosters. Kind of like what Athens Academy has. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Joe earlier. Uh, maybe it was Saturday when we were watching the Georgia game. And he was talking about how when we went and played there, we did warm-ups in like a graveyard. Yes. And I don't even know where that graveyard went. But, like, the stadium a good point. is completely different. The facilities, I, it, it was unrecognizable to me. Yeah, it was. It was It was pretty incredible. And, um you know, a forty-eight to twenty-two win. You can't really complain about a twenty-six point win, but like you you touched on, and kind of just the general atmosphere that night did feel a little lackadaisical. Yeah. Maybe not going through the motions. I don't want to say that because yeah. I mean, you win by twenty-six. It's, you're not going through the motions at least at some point during the game. Right. So, but it did it did a few times have that carry that you know air of like. All right, let's go to the next week. And I think that showed up on defense probably more than it did on offense. Um, Social Circle picked up 382 yards in total total yardage. That's again, that's 105 less than Commerce, but we gave up 119 yards on the ground, and and that's a big number. I actually dove into the statistics a little bit more and saw that we'd only given up 490 yards on the year on the ground in Russian and 119 of that belongs to social circle. Um, they lit us up on the, on passing defense. They, they threw for 263 yards. Um, they completed 25 out of 35 passes 
and really averaged about a little over 10 yards of completion. And that kind of reflected their play calling too. Uh, saw a lot of sure. a lot of quick passes for first downs. They moved up and down the field. Um, but like Commerce traditionally does against passing teams, we bent a lot of times and we didn't break but three times. You know, we only gave up three touchdowns. Yeah, those stats do worry me a little bit going into this Friday night, but we'll we'll, we'll cover that a little bit later. Yeah, I, before we do, I, I did want to highlight a couple defensive performances um, kind of from each tier of the defense. So Hunter Nunn played a great game at linebacker. We don't talk a lot about Hunter Nunn on this show because – when we think about linebackers and what we see on Friday nights, you see Elijah Burns because he makes so many great tackles and big tackles. And you see Sammy Brown because he kind of makes the same kind of plays that Burns does. But Hunter Nunn uh, had a great game. He had ten and a half tackles, led the team with tackles. He's leading the team with tackles on the year, uh, I believe. Um, Landon Worley followed him with uh, six tackles from his corner position and tied Trey Huff there from his safety position with six tackles. And then big Chauncey Jackson from the nose tackle had five tackles uh, on the night. So those guys kind of led their respective units for the team. Uh, Talking about Elijah Burns, I I did want to highlight one play that he just lit up the quarterback from Social Circle. Everybody in the the stadiums knew that that boy was in pain when he got up uh, because it was a bone-crushing sack. I think that was early in the second second half. Um, And then – Sean Cunningham, a guy that we haven't seen a lot play it, playing on defense. He plays split in for the Tigers, but he he made a touchdown um, saving uh, breakup there on a fourth down play, I believe it was, uh, in the second half. So Cunningham, talking about Washington Wilkes, we may kind of see him ease in. He plays on offense a good bit when we're in uh, the split in sets, but uh, he may do some, some work on the other side of the ball this week. Um, we always talk about special teams because special teams really is the third phase of the game, and without special teams, you're not going to win a state championship. Um, Elijah Burns stepped in for Air Diaz this week as the kicker. Uh, he booted five out of eight touchbacks, something that I was not expecting, nor the fans of Commerce High School, but he was really well received in that and uh, kind of surprised some folks. And then highlighting special teams as well, we had two kickoff returns that averaged uh, 27.5 yards. Both One of those was by Sammy and one of those was by Creed Dunbar. So we're doing some good things on special teams. On the kickoff return, we've had good returns all year when we when we return the ball. And uh, even in the absence of Eric Diaz, we, we had um, some pretty good touchbacks from Elijah Burns. Um, so th- those were my thoughts kind of on the different units of our, our, our team this week and in, in the recap of Social Circle. Yeah, good stuff as always. We want to thank uh, Anthony Gaddis right. for providing us the st- uh, statistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a great job for the Tigers getting us all that each week. So thanks to him. Big shout out to him. Uh, what's the Twitter again? Uh, I don't think they ha- they don't have a Twitter. It's Future All Stars. Future All Stars is the organization. And yeah. The, uh, Doug Albanzies is the yeah the guy who puts that on. We're really grateful for their help. Yeah, that's been awesome to have. Uh, you did mention first car of the night. Here it comes. He's speeding through. Got some place to be this evening. He's out of here. S10, without a doubt. <laughs> He's out of here. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, Cunningham having a big game. Let's uh, let's continue that 
that note, we'll go to lose, used, play of the game. Uh, do go see Dave and Jennifer, Downtown Commerce, Sanders Furniture. I'm going to let Uncle Sone have the pleasure this week. I, I, I am excited about it, announcing lose, but how about, used. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you were talking about Sanders Furniture. I saw a tweet from a poor soul today. Joseph Sanders has unloaded 223 pieces of furniture. 223 this pieces week. of furniture just this week. And it's only Thursday. Somebody get that man some Icy Hot. Please. And you know what? And on top of that, go buy some more stuff so he has to unload <laughs> more. All right. So getting on into Lose Used. Uh, Lose Used will go to a first-timer this week, Sean Cunningham. Uh, the senior split in hauled in a beautiful touchdown reception over double coverage from Trey Huff to seal the Tigers' wins Friday night over Social Circle. That put the Tigers up 48-22. to Get that man a clock. <laughs> uh, Sammy Brown obviously still in the lead there. I think he's got four. Uh, so we got to get that man a clock. Somebody's getting we a clock. We need to track that. Somebody's getting a clock. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's four. Yeah. Uh, then we got some others. Yeah, we could we could we could probably track that pretty easily. Restaurant review. <laughs> well, folks, that did not go quite as we had planned it out. Uh, we got on the road a little a little later than we wanted to. Uh, turned it out that. So we, we put the poll on Twitter. I think it was Country's Barbecue. Cowboy's Barbecue. Cowboy Barbecue and the Diner. Hot Rod. Hot Rod Diner. So that was the two choices. Uh, country's, is it, what is it? Cowboy. Cowboy's <laughs> Barbecue. Cowboy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Cowboy Barbecue won barely. And so we had planned on going there, but it was like on the other side of Social Circle. We were kind of running late. We were like, let's just go to the Diner. Everybody on Twitter is going to understand. It's no big deal. <laughs> You know, things didn't work out from there. We don't have to get all into it. We're going to try again tomorrow, Friday night. We're going to leave earlier. Yes. We'll make that a pledge, doubt. and we're going to put a poll out, and we're going to go to this place, whatever the tw- whatever the people, the good people of Twitter and the good people that listen to this podcast, we will go to your <laughs> restaurant. All right? We're going to go to your restaurant in Washington. No, it does have to be in Washington. Yeah, but that's the stipulation. We would like to maybe locate them a little better this time mm-hmm. to where they're really close to the stadium. Now we don't have to worry about that it. That was but my bad. It did. No, well, you know, no one's fault. It worked out fine. Um, but we'll get the restaurant review in next week. So we will have that poll up. Follow us on Twitter at PotluckFootball. Let's jump right into Region 8A results. The biggest result of the region last week was Washington Wilkes over Lincoln County in a close one, 14-13 in Lincolnton. So I did, as, as I mentioned, we were talking before the show, I did watch the second half of this game uh, earlier this week just to kind of get a feel for what Washington Wilkes was doing, what exactly happened. I wanted to watch some of their players. I wanted to just kind of get a feel for what we are going into. Uh, Quinzabian Jackson uh, from Washington Wilkes, he took the second half kickback. That made it 14-7. to Washington Wilkes later blocked the game-tying PAT late in the game, um, despite being held to only 96 yards of offense. <laughs> Washington Wilkes finds a way to win. Not exactly what we were expecting out of this one. No. Uh, what was the spread on this one? Do you I think remember? it was 14 or I something. I think so. I remember us thinking, like, well, that's not enough. Yeah, because Lincoln has not looked impressive on the year, but kind of as we mentioned sometimes, Lincoln can – can play down to their competition, and then when they have to get up, like a rivalry game with Washington Wilkes, they turn it on, and boy, did they turn it on. I mean, a 14-13 to loss, that's not a victory for them, but it's certainly defeating that spread and yeah. surprising a lot of folks. And it kind of raises your eyes a little bit to them coming up to, t- to Commerce yeah. next week. We'd so. almost written that game off. Yeah, we got a, we got we got our hands full the next two weeks, but we'll focus on, on this week against Washington Wilkes first. 
Towns County defeated Greene County 20-0 in Greensboro. This is the first shutout in a region game for Towns County since 1996. Wow. They got a big one that we'll talk about later in the show uh, coming up tomorrow night. Top 10 in single-A action. We'll run through these in single-A public. Number one, Metter hosted Bryan County as a 50-point favorite. The Tigers <laughs> win that one 54-0 and continue the undefeated number one ranked campaign at 8-0. So they do cover the 50-point spread. Number two, Irwin County was at home against Charlton County where they were favored by 38. Charlton did get on the board first, but not nearly a match for the Irwin County Indians. They win that one 58-16. Brooks County was very impressive in a 45-3 win over Clinch County. Uh, this is the most lopsided loss for Clinch County since 1977. A Clinch team that we thought maybe could put up a fight as a 14-point dog. Yeah, they got back uh, Moorhead, who was a key player for them, and uh, I guess he wasn't key enough because Brooks really lit them up. Number four, Commerce. Already covered that one at the top of the show. Number five, Dublin. Impressive win on the road at Johnson County for the Irish 49-6. Another one that we highlighted uh, last week that I was surprised to see this one get that out of hand, but I've kind of been on Dublin all year um, as they are legit. Uh, they <laughs> held 1,100-yard rusher Jamavi Tucker to 33 yards on the night. So, uh, Tucker for Johnson, uh, Johnson County is having a great year, 1,100 yards rushing, which is incredible, and they held him yeah. at 33 yards. Wow. Uh, Dublin has continues to Im- impress me. Number six, Macon County downs Manchester 42-21. to Number seven, Pelham defeats Terrell County 50-22, to propelled by three fourth-quarter touchdowns. Washington Wilkes, we covered that earlier in the region results. They're number eight. Number nine, Chattahoochee County blows out Schley County 47-7. to Region 5 is looking like a showdown coming. Uh, Macon County and Chattahoochee County, that'll be next week. Mm-hmm. Number 10, Wilcox County rounds out the top 10 with a 55-6 to win over Hawkinsville. Any thoughts there, Mr. Simon? Yeah, I, like I've been saying all season, each week sort of solidifies the, the vision that we have for the playoffs at the end of the season. And you really see, like right now looking through this top 10, Metter is going to be a player. Irwin, Brooks, Dublin, Macon County, Washington Wilkes, Chattahoochee, and Wilcox. I I look at all those teams and I say, man, you know, between those teams and maybe throw our hats in there, that's probably your Elite Eight. Yeah. Plus or minus a few. Yeah, it could be. You could almost pick them out right now. I mean, you got, you know, Metters likely going to win their region. You got Irwin and Brooks. That'll be a one one and a, and a two seed, yeah. right? So right. you don't want to get you don't want to get on the same side as Brooks County as a two seed. <laughs> uh Dublin obviously will be a one seed. The winner of Macon Chattahoochee County will be a tough out. Pelham's going to be a tough out. Uh yeah, I mean gosh, single A is really It's really strong this year. Really deep and really strong. Uh I mean strong at the top, but gosh, it's deep too. Um I never would have thought that the split would have brought so much strength to Class A. Yeah. Like with Metter coming down, Metter, Brooks, Dublin, and, and Brooks, Dublin, I mean, it just makes got South harder Georgia to win even public. Right. So, um, yeah, with it being November, you know, guys, mid November, got to start looking at the playoffs. So, we, we, uh, second season's about we, to begin. We, we got that on our minds a little bit tonight. Athens Academy back on track with a 50, uh, 54 to 20 win over Athens Christian. That game was close at the half. What we got here? Rollback. Oh, look at this. <laughs> look at this. Folks. Are they going to turn around? We have a rollback turning around in the driveway. They look Excellent job, too. They, I think they actually know they missed. 
I think they missed the driveway. Are they going to get stuck? Maybe. Is this going to derail the podcast? Oh, they got they no, got it. This is electric. We got to keep this in the podcast. <laughs> no, they they missed again. Oh, oh he's they're in the way ditch. down now. They're he's way in down the in the ditch. ditch. He pulled it out. Oh, I think he, he no. Twelve point nah, turn. He's not out yet. <laughs> oh, this is electric audio. <laughs> Oh, that was just an F-350. It would have rolled back. Diesel strong. There he goes. <sighs> he made it. <laughs> Somehow he made it. All right. Uh, Athens Academy. <laughs> back to the show. Back to where we back were. To the show. Athens Academy back on track with a 54-20 win over Athens Christian. Right. They were only up 21-14 to 14 at it the was half. Close this at was the a half. game that I, I showed you while we were at social. I was like, I kind of did the eyes emoji. You know, I was like, whoa. Yeah, this is surprising, but uh, yeah, Athens Academy flexes ended up, muscle. Yeah, ended up pulling away. Flyway Branch hammers the boys from Madison County, forty-nine to seven. Son, I'm sorry. Let's move on. Franklin County gets the coveted seventh win over East Jackson, twenty-seven to twelve. So, so they don't cover, but they do get to seven. So I'm so proud of those boys. They I'm did just, it. The lines make me proud. Um, they're actually fighting this week for. Um, the second place. Yeah, they, they got a lot more, a lot more on the line this week that we'll talk about. George Walton downs Banks County, thirty-four to seven. Lowndes County falls to Colquitt County and Moultrie for the Region One Seven A crown. Uh, that was a huge game down there. We had TB on the scene giving us updates Friday night. Uh, couldn't catch up with him this week. We both were kind of busy. Our schedules didn't line up, but. He did. He said, "Colquitt County look, you know, Colquitt County look impressive." Yeah. Lowndes County did not, and <laughs> uh, now kind of Colquitt County may throw their name in the hat. We'll talk about that here in a second. Oconee County wins the region championship in Region Eight AAA. They defeat Monroe area uh, thirty-five to sixteen on the road for that title, and they're going to remain at number two in AAA ball. Putnam County, Sills, sorry to do this to you, bud. Falls big to Jefferson County. Final in that one was 50-12, to and Jefferson County will win another Region 4 AA title. Jefferson County now jumps up to number six in AA. Wow. Um, Putnam County's still online for the playoffs, though. A lot to play for, Sills. Yeah, yeah, but that it's like having a flat tire there on 441 right outside of Eatonton. Not good. It just good. sucks all the air out of the room. Not good. Raven County thrashes Elbert County at the Granite Bowl 63-7 to to win Region 8 AA title. They are at number three in AA. Yeah, I hate to say it, but 8 AA may be, outside of Raven County, that may be one of the weakest regions in the state. Yeah, not a good region. Uh, some notes in results uh you know kind of catch up on other classifications mm-hmm. i did want to include this as we mentioned earlier we're getting close to the playoffs we're getting close to you know region championships being decided so i wanted to catch all of our listeners up on cl- all classifications i'll start at the top colquitt county now throws their name in the hat as i mentioned in 7a as challengers to grayson and norcross that's your big three there in 7a in 6a you got lee county buford and valdosta one two three more on Lee County and Valdosta uh, in the preview section coming up soon. Blessed Trinity stands at number one in 5A, followed by Warner Robins and Ware County. Uh, also, Cartersville and Calhoun round out the top five. Locally, you do have um, in 5A, you have Clark Central back up in the top ten at number nine. 5A is pretty deep, too. Just looking at those names right there, thinking about the quality of teams mm-hmm. that those are, that's, that's a deep Classification. Yes, tough classification for sure. Class 4A, you got Marist, Jefferson, Carver, Columbus, all unbeaten, one, two, three. 
in AAA. Cedar Grove, Oconee County, and Peach County are one, two, three. AA is led by Fitzgerald, followed by Callaway and Raven County. So AA, to me, seems to be fairly open other than Fitzgerald at the top. And I wanted to talk about Fitzgerald a little bit. Uh, the Georgia High School Football Daily mentioned them, had a little uh, a blurb on Tuesday in their, in their daily post. So I did want to take some highlights out of that. Fitzgerald won Region 1 in AA. Last week, they defeated top five Thomasville for their first title, region title, since 2016, and they're 9-0 and for the first time since 2009. So with the win over Thomasville, they become the, only the eighth team in state history to beat five top ten opponents in one regular season. Wild. With better timing, it could have been six, as when they played Jefferson County, Jefferson County was unranked, but now uh, they are ranked, obviously. So an awesome regular season from the Purple Hurricanes. We'll keep an eye on them as – the playoffs kind of kind of come to. Last one to mention, single-A private is led by Prince Avenue, Elka, and Fellowship Christian. Any thoughts on kind of the developing playoff situation, Song? Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned Callaway there, and I think a midweek result there that might have slipped past us was I think Callaway lost uh, this week in a big game Did to Harrelson County. Okay. Uh, that was one I was following on Twitter. Um, kind of in a debatable fashion. I can't remember what the final was, but it was it was a close game, but they lost to Harrelson County. So they'll probably fall from those that ranking at the top of uh AA. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh anything else to talk about on week ten results or the kind of catch up before we move into week eleven preview? Not that I can think of. Alrighty. <laughs> Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the episode real quick, but I did want to mention something. We have had some people reach out about ads and potentially broadcasting those on the podcast. We are looking into that, but what we want to make sure of is that all the proceeds are going back to Commerce High School, Commerce Athletics, the Booster Club, local community, all that good stuff. So we're still working on the logistics and ins and outs of that But if you do know of a business or an event that's doing something positive for the community or just something fun to attend, and we want to get that word out. So just let us know. Right back to the show. Week 11, week 11. Big week here. Let's go ahead and get right into Region 8A. Towns County will host Social Circle in a game that will decide who the fourth seed is in Region 8A. Social Circle will be a 14-point road favorite. Son, what do you think? Uh, this is this is a game between two teams that we've seen. Um, Social Circle last week, Towns before then. It's interesting that Towns will be the home team. Uh, can Social Circle make the ride up there and still play and win? I think they do. Uh, I think they last week they just showed me some athleticism. Um, I think their schemes work well against Towns County to get them to win that game in the fourth seed in eight A. Lincoln County at home against Greene County in what will be a tune-up game for the Red Devils before they make their way up to Ray Lamb Stadium next week. They will be a 38-point favorite. Yeah, I think they cover in that one. Not seeing much from Green, honestly. Top 10 in single A. Number one, Metter at home against Claxton. Little Tigers versus Tigers. <laughs> not, we're not the only ones, Tigers versus Tigers. Metter will be favored by 35 Irwin County traveling to to Clinch County, and they're only a 16-point favorite. I thought that seemed mighty low. I I bet the recent results kind of favor into that since Clinch has been strong lately. You know how Maxwell fact, factors that in? Clinch the just spread. got hammered by Brooks County. Yeah, but like, to three. 
recent in past years, like oh, the last okay. five. I see years. what you're saying. Brooks County at Turner County, where they are 13 point favorites, that also seems way too low. Commerce, of course, is at number eight, Washington Wilkes, which we will cover at the end of the show. Number five, Dublin, a 31 point favorite at home versus Telfair County. Number six, Macon County is off. They have the region championship next week against uh, Chattahoochee County. Number seven, Pelham is at Seminole County. That game is being played right now on Thursday night. So, uh, Uncle Solomon, <laughs> should I have you get on that one? Should I get on that one? Check the score. Yeah. We'll see what we got. All right, I'll, I'll come back to you in just a second. Number eight, of course, is Washington Wilkes. Uh, number seven, Pelham is at Seminole, as I just said. Pelham's a 34-point favorite. So we'll see how they're doing once Uncle Son has a chance to to find that one, if he can. Number nine, Chattahoochee County at home versus Greenville. They are 41-point favorites. Number 10 is Wilcox County. I believe they were off. They were not in the daily uh, update, and I couldn't find anything about them uh, playing any games. So they must be off. Uncle Son, who we got? Pelham uh, Seminole. So Pelham, 4-1 Pelham, is beating Seminole County Three and four Seminole County, uh, forty-eight to nothing in the fourth quarter. Okay, so Pelham will cover, and they're going to win that one against Seminole County at number seven is Pelham. Let's move into others. Athens Academy, and there's a gosh, there's a lot of good games this week. I say that every week. You know, I guess it's just <laughs> November. I mean, you know, yeah. Athens Academy at George Walton. Athens Academy only a seven-point favorite. The second-place game in Region Eight Private. Both teams' only loss came to number one, Prince Avenue, and Athens Academy has won the last eight in this series. What do you think, Saul? ACAT will win this game, and they'll cover. I think this one will be one of those games where people look at Athens Academy and they say, well, why did they lose to Prince Avenue 41-7? to And why did George Walton only lose 41-17? to Like, where's the 10-point difference? But I, I think Athens Academy will roll. Cartersville at Calhoun. Big, big game here. Cartersville a two-point favorite on the road, number four versus number five matchup in 5A for second place in Region 7. Uh, Blessed Trinity is in that region, so they're going to win that region, which is insane. you got mm-hmm. three teams in the top five of the state there. Last two times that these teams played was 2016 and 2017 when Trevor Lawrence carved up the Yellow Jackets in back-to-back seasons. What are we thinking about that one? I really don't know, honestly. I, I haven't kept up with the Yellow Jackets that much this year. Or Cartersville. Um, that one's going to have to be on the pick'em. Uh, two point Cartersville again, a two point favorite on the road at Calhoun. Carver Columbus at Hardaway. Carver is a four point favorite in the battle for Columbus down there over in uh, over in West Georgia. Down in West Georgia, uh, <laughs> Carver six and zero undefeated and number three in Quad A. Hardaway at seven and one. They're unranked, but they are also undefeated in region play there in Region Two Four A. Carver has won 11 straight in this rivalry. A little, little Commerce Jefferson dominance there. Oh, God. Winner will take sole possession of first place in the region, but another really competitive region over in that West Georgia area, uh, just like kind of region, I think, five and, and single A. Yeah. Um, so they have LaGrange and Troop that both only have uh, one loss in region play. A couple really talented linemen in this game that I wanted to cover, an offensive lineman, Elijah Prickett from Carver, and defensive lineman Michael Williams from Hardaway. Those two will be going at it a little bit in the trenches, two four-stars there. And I uh, should also mention uh, J.Q. Hardaway from Hardaway, a high-caliber <laughs> player. He's a cornerback, uh, holds offers from Florida and Georgia Tech. So a lot of talent on the field down in Columbus. 
Jackson County taking on Greenbrier on the road as a 13-point underdog. The Panthers do still have a chance to make the playoffs, and they actually control their own destiny Destiny still at this point. Uh, I think last week we were a little hard on them, so great insight from <laughs> from, uh, from Carl Allen, uh, former you know Commerce grad and current Walnut Grove uh, baseball coach, so he's a little bit familiar with that region. A possibility for a three-way tie exists uh, for fourth in the region, and then there's some sort of mini game that we've been we've been we've been informed on. Uh, hopefully, that will happen because I want to know more about that. But in all likelihood, at least I think I think Loganville will will break that tie yeah. and end up being the fourth seed. Hart County at East Jackson Bulldogs are 31 point favorites. Uh, region eight AAA is still up in the air as far as two through four seeds. Uh, Oconee County, of course, is the champions. We'll talk shortly about the rest of the two through four seeds and how that's going to shake out. Jefferson at North Oconee has 27-point favorites. That will not be enough. Lee County hosting Valdosta <laughs> in a big one in South Georgia in 6A. Now, at the top of the show, I did say that we had more coming on Lee, on Lee County and Valdosta. Number one, Lee County. Number three, Valdosta. This will be the region title for Region 1 6A. You got Lee County's run game, Valdosta's pass game, uh, another game with three and four star talent all over the field. Uh, Lee County has won the last three region titles, but this <laughs> is why you take the risk and the baggage and you got a higher rush. Yeah, uh, can Valdosta be. get over that, that mark and beat Lee County? It could be the uh, X factor in that game. You never know. We'll see. That's why you bring them in to win big games. Uh, Madison County at East Hall. Madison County, this could be Glory's last <laughs> chance for Uncle Saul and the Raiders as they play, I think, Jefferson next oh, week. Oh, don't remember that. So, uh, Madison County and East Hall. Madison County a six-point favorite. Song, can your guys get one more win? I, I say they do. They're at home. Or, no, they're on the road. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Got to leave that they the friendly win, confines of Danielsville, Georgia. <laughs> I don't know if they'll cover or not, so we'll see. Monroe area hosting Franklin County. Uh, big game in the area and for the eight AAA standings. So both of these teams are 2-1 and one in region and at 2-3 and three, uh, for as far as seeding. Hart County standing by 1-1. One one. They're going to pick up a win. So it's kind of who's going to get the 2, 3, and 4 seed. Yeah, and this season I've loved covering eight AAA just because it's been such a wild region. Like, you never know who – you thought Hart County might be the number two seed and challenge Oconee County. They got blown out by Oconee County. Who would have thought Franklin County would have been good this year? Who would have thought East Jackson would have hung in these games? Monroe area, who, who would have saw them being so good? So, you know, you never really know what's going to go on with this region. Um, Franklin's only a seven-point underdog in yeah. this game. That's a lot of respect for the Lions. Mm-hmm. So – who knows? Franklin County may pull off a miracle and uh, and beat the Hurricanes down there in Monroe. That'd be That'd cool. be awesome. I'd, I'd jump up and down. Home playoff game over in Franklin <laughs> County. That'd be great. Raven County playing Union County, the Wildcats, a 38-point favorite. And with all that being said, I think that's all I have for others in the preview. Anything else you want to add there, Son? Uh, I did want to make a quick note. Uh, at least 17 games have been canceled this week due to COVID-19. Following along in what we're seeing in college and you really across the nation, kind of this set another surge mm-hmm. of, of cases. And, again, just kind of want to 
encourage people whether they listen to me or not I don't know but you know to follow the social distancing guidelines I mean this this could be the difference in whether this season ends or not yeah and the way that the the protocol breaks down for the playoffs this your your responsibility could have an impact on whether your team advances in the playoffs or not because if you cancel or if you if you forfeit a game because of COVID in the playoffs you lose the game right it's a big deal yeah and this, you know, follow those social distancing guidelines. Wear a mask. You know, we want to see this season come to fruition and see how far we want to see these the Tigers win state. That'd be great. <laughs> you know, we want to see how far, and you know, not just the Tigers, but all these teams across the state can go. Yeah, and we've enjoyed covering it. And we don't. It'd be terrible for it to end right now. Yeah. Um, even though that hate to be doom and gloom, but uh, <laughs> that's just the situation. Let's get into. Commerce and Washington Wilkes. That's why we're here. Uh, that's the game of the week, and that is the region championship, yep. potentially, in all likelihood at least. What we have is Commerce as a six-point road dog. Although Commerce is number four and Washington Wilkes is number eight in the AJC rankings, uh, that we, all, we always use the AJC rankings in case people hadn't noticed that yet, if you use the composite of the handful of different Georgia high school rankings, uh, it's actually much closer than that. You combine and average AJC, uh, GPB, Score Atlanta, Maxwell, and Max Preps, and that would give you Commerce number six, Washington Wilkes number seven. Uh, for what it's worth, Maxwell and Max Preps do not like the Tigers, our Tigers, by the way. Neither service ranks them <laughs> in the top ten. So shout out to the Maxes there, not ranking Commerce at all. Uh, Uncle Psalm. I'm gonna turn the tables over to you as usual. Give you give you uh, give you the stand here. Okay. Well, a quick note about the the max one max preps rankings. I I think that has more to do with the teams that we played than our performance on the field because Correct. they factor in our opposition's records. Correct. But talking about opposition, we'll we'll start right here with the Washington Wilkes Tigers from Washington, Georgia, in Wilkes County. That's why you have the hyphen there. Uh, that's 51 miles southeast of Commerce, Georgia, of uh, 272 Lakeview Drive, actually. Um, the population in Washington is 3,963. Uh, like many counties and areas in East Georgia, they have a declining population. Their population has been declining since 1980. Um, this area was first settled in 1774, so going all the way back to the Revolutionary War period. And... Uh, it was the city of Washington was named for none other than our first president of the United States of America, the Honorable George Washington. And uh, it was actually the first municipality that was named for George Washington in the nation. How about that? Uh, that's pretty cool. A little postal trivia. The zip code for Washington, uh, Georgia is 30673 for all you people who really wanted to know that information. Uh, timber's really big down there in, in Wilkes County. Um, also, manufacturing is, too. Uh, in 2000, 29.6% uh, of people in Wilkes County work in manufacturing. There's a couple of points of interest that kind of have to do with history and, like, local landmarks down there in Wilkes County. Uh, one is the Robert Toombs House. Uh, Robert Toombs was a Civil War area or era politician. Uh, he lived in, um, in Wilkes County. Um, and was continued to be a politician in the state of Georgia after the, the Civil War. 
Uh, and then also there is Kettle Creek Battlefield, which is in Wilkes County. This is a place where uh, there was a Revolutionary War battle in that county. And I, I didn't know this before I started looking into, into their local history, but this was a battle between two groups of colonists, between the Patriots and the Loyalists. And uh, the Patriots defeated the Loyalists in a battle to break the British strangle, or stronghold in Georgia, in this part of Georgia at the time. So really neat part of history there. Um, talking a little bit more about history, Washington uh, Wilkes began their football program in 1957. Um, that's after uh, Washington Wilkes changed over from Washington. They were known as Washington before Washington Wilkes, uh, and they've played football ever since. They've compiled a record of two or 462 wins to 253 losses and 12 ties. That's good enough for 64.4 winning percentage. That's slightly less than what the Commerce Tigers have. Um, they've won four state titles, though. They won them all back in the 60s between 1960 and 1967. And uh, they have matched the Commerce Tigers with 17 region titles, uh, the last coming in 2013. They spent a lot of time in uh, different regions and different classifications, most recently in 7A. That's that region with Lincoln County that um, – kind of the Augusta region when you think of, of traditional uh, football in the state of Georgia. Um, and then in AA, they won, or back in 2000, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but back in 2000 when Commerce played Washington Wilts, they were in AA. Um, the head coach down there in Washington is Sid Fritz. This is his first year as head coach at Washington Wilts. He's actually been coaching for some time, though, uh, 30 years in total. He's compiled a record of 242 wins to 103 losses and two ties. That's a 70% winning percentage. That's pretty impressive. Um, he came to Georgia in 2000 from Tennessee and he spent time uh, at three schools other than Washington Wilkes, Vidalia, Rome, and Elbert County. And you hear all those names and you, you associate those names with winning programs. And Sid Fritz is a part of that. Um, in all of his 19 seasons in the state of Georgia, he took uh, 2019 off as a head coach. But in all of the other 19 seasons, he's only missed the playoffs twice. That's a pretty impressive um, statistic. Speaking of 2019, he was an offensive line uh, assistant coach at Washington Wilts. His wife actually coaches, or excuse me, not doesn't coach, but works at Washington Wilts in the school system, and he wanted to work down there with her. So they hired him, and uh, he decided to take the interim position when the last coach left, and that coach was uh, TCJ. Uh, he led the Tigers, the Blue Tigers, as we've been calling them, in 2019. Uh, they finished 6-5 and five and lost in the first round of the playoffs. So when uh, Coach Jay vacated the position, like I said, Coach Fritz kind of stepped in because he was already in the school system and just decided to be the head coach. And he's had a lot of success this year. Um, you know, we've talked about Washington Wilkes a good bit in this show, and we didn't really know what to expect from them. We kind of saw them as the three seed before the season, but, but they rushed out to like a 6-0 and start. Uh, they started the season with a 50 to nothing win at home versus Cross Creek. Uh, Cross Creek traditionally is a terrible school uh, for football. They're 0-9 on the season. Uh, they haven't won very many games in their program history. Uh, so when we saw that, we weren't too surprised. But then the next week, um, Dino, I think you spoke up on this, is they defeated Warren County away on the road 
they shut them out 34 to 0. Right. That and, was the first kind of alarm bell. Yeah, we were like, well, maybe Washington Wilkes is better than we thought they were. Mm-hmm. And um, we followed Warren County this, this season. They're a 5-2 and two team. Yeah. Um, so there are no slouches, and Washington Wilkes shut them out. Uh, then they played Elbert County, a team that Commerce is familiar with. Mm-hmm. They built they beat Elbert County at home, um, forty two to seven, which is an impressive result considering the Tigers beat or the Commerce Tigers beat Elbert fifty five to twenty eight. Um, you don't want to compare scores because there's a whole lot of different matchups that go on there, but you know there's something to be said for that. Elbert's two and five on the season. Uh, Southeast Bullock came next. That was a team that uh, Washington Wilkes, a Triple A team, that Washington Wilkes beat um, on the road, forty-three to twenty. That was another eye popper for us. Southeast Bullock is a four and three team, um, no slouch. Then uh, Washington Wilkes beat our opponent last week. Social Circle fifty-six to nothing, shut them out um, on the road. Social Circle a two and six team. Then their game with Green County got canceled. Uh, and then they had the rivalry game last week with Lincoln, and that's really been the only competitive game that they've had all season. Uh, debatably, you could talk about Southeast Bullock being competitive, but uh, they beat Lincoln County 14-13 to in kind of a thriller down there in Lincolnton. Uh, Lincoln's a four, or Lincoln County's a 4-3 and three team on the year. So Washington Wilkes looks really strong um, this year, and, you know, that kind of – continues along with the theme that they've had their entire program history. When you think about Commerce, Washington, Wilkes, you kind of put that in the same category as, as Commerce, Lincoln County, or Commerce, Buford, you know, maybe not that far of a stretch, but it, it's a series that you pay attention to. And uh, the reason it, we've played five games in that, that series, that's the reason we think of it that way, and we're two and three in that series. Um, and Commerce versus the, the predecessor to Washington, Wilkes, Washington High School was one and five. Uh, the first game against Washington Wilkes, though, came back in 1957. Um, Commerce won that game on the road, um, actually upset Washington Wilkes. They were ranked number five in the state at the time, and Commerce was unranked, and we beat them 25 to six. Um, we lost the next game, and then we had uh, two home and home series with them since then, one in 2000, and then in 2001. We lost both of those games, um, and then one in 2010 and 2011, and we picked up a win in 2010. And um, if you guys don't remember that game, uh, it's been about a decade since it. It was a great game for Commerce. It was a road victory. Um, we were an underdog going down there, but Cody Streetman had a really fantastic game uh, rushing the ball. I think he had over 40 carries in that game, and the Tigers uh, won and um, it's actually a wall game in the field house now. So that, that was a big game in the 2010, uh, for the 2010 team. And then the last game that we played uh, was in 2011, and the Tigers took a hard L at home, a 33 to nothing shutout against Washington Wilkes. So that's really the, the series history, kind of where we left off in this series. Um, you know, Dino, I know I know you looked kind of a little bit more at Washington Wilkes this year than I did. What what do you mm-hmm. think about about their team now? I did, I did. I watched them quite a bit throughout the week. Uh, watched some of their highlights. I watched a couple of the games. Uh, did want to mention too. So you talked about the two thousand game. 
this story time real quick. I remember <laughs> when I, I so I was eight years old at that game, and I'll never forget that game because it was the two thousand year. I mean, as an eight year old, eight year old me, I didn't think Commerce had any chance of losing to anybody that yeah. year. I was like, I mean, they're the best. Like they, we're going to go down there and we're going to win, like always. That was not the case that <laughs> night when Dacus Thurman <laughs> was uh, was introduced to my to my to my eyes. Uh, Washington Wilkes handled us pretty good that night <laughs> down there. Yeah, in that game, uh, the highlights from Washington Wilkes from that game is actually on YouTube, and I had the chance to watch that. And you talk about Dacus Thurman. I'm I'm assuming he was wearing number 32. Yes, he ran all over the Tigers, and it wasn't pretty. Like Commerce was getting pancaked. No. A state championship commerce team was getting pancaked off the it line was, of scrimmage. Uh, it was shocking. <laughs> I mean, if anybody could beat Washington Wilkes that year in the state, I would have been shocked. Yeah. I mean, maybe even in the southeast. They were that good. Uh, just some – I pulled up Jeff Hart's uh, access WDUN here. Uh, 35 region titles since 1957 between commerce and Washington Wilkes. So, they have 18 um, – we have 17, has been 17 years since Commerce last won a region title. So that uh, that's just something I wanted to throw in there real quick. Uh, good work on that uh, Q&A with Coach Brown there. So, Oh, I didn't even know that had come up yet. Yeah, I have yeah. To read that. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. So check that out. Um, some pretty, pretty good stuff in there. But, yeah, as, as we were talking about, uh, I did – catch some of the highlights and really kind of went in depth a little bit compared to other games because this yeah. is I mean this is it this is the biggest game to date uh so far for the Tigers not only just because it could be the region championship but playoff implications kind of hinge on this one too right so uh, I'll talk a little bit about the offense I'll turn it over to you to talk about the Washington Wilkes defense and special teams but what I've seen from their offense they they run a shotgun, kind of read-style offense. A lot of their snaps are out of the shotgun, uh, almost all of them unless it's a short yardage situation. They throw it a bunch, um, but they can also run that read option really well. They block it really well. Um, but they do, I think, especially tomorrow night, and or if you're listening to this on Friday, tonight, they're going to throw it. Uh, they're going to throw the ball if, if, I, yeah. if they've watched some film. Yeah. <laughs> They are. They present a mostly balanced attack, though. So if that, if the, if you know, something's not working, they can easily use the other part of the offense to get mm-hmm. the other thing going, and vice versa. We're gonna see uh, a mix of screens, slants, post streaks, <laughs> fades. Sometimes it seems like the quarterback scrambles around and they play playground ball. Uh, they have the athletes to do that. Uh, there's a lot of them all over the field. In short yardage situations on the goal lines, you know, third and ones, fourth and ones, I have seen them get into the wishbone and operate out of that. So that's kind of what they're bringing on offense. Um, Particular players we'll talk about, but they do run out of the shotgun 90% of the time. This is going to be a read option or a pass. So two things I pick up from that. You talk about they're out of the shotgun a lot. Can our nose man, Chauncey Jackson, get in the center's head? and disrupt him enough to cause some turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's something that in high school ball, that's on the forefront of my mind because a nose man can be very disruptive in the snap. If you're rocking the center every play, he's going to be thinking about it. Um, second off, you were talking about if they watched film, they're going to throw the ball. That's something that as it's kind of a theme, in the, especially in the latter part of the season. 
Um, teams know they want to try to throw the ball on commerce because they think that they can have success. Mm-hmm. We'll see kind of if Washington Wilkes can, can get anything going. Um, and, I mean, for what it's worth, the only team that really, I think, threw the ball as much as, well, so Circle did, obviously, 25 or 35, yeah. but a little bit different. The, the, as far as talent comparison, you know, they don't have Deion Colsey. Right. But that could be what we're looking at, defending, right. as far as they're going to throw the ball a bunch. Yeah. So, like, what adjustments are we going to have to make mid-game? Right. Um, Personnel. Right. What are we going to see? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talked about how – People kind of have a game plan for Commerce um, against Commerce's defense. It's certainly true on the other side of the ball, too. Uh, when a defense is facing Commerce's triple option offense, almost every team does the same thing. And from what we were talking about before the show, Washington Wilkes kind of follows suit in that from what you saw against Lincoln County. Because Lincoln County, they were, they're a run-heavy offense like Commerce. Uh, they've traditionally been out of the single wing, uh, run first, run often, just like Commerce. Um, so what they did against Lincoln County was they, they based out of their 3-4, but really they would walk a corner in, they would walk a safety up, and put 8-9 and nine in the box. And that's kind of what we've seen teams do on defense versus the Tigers. Um, you know, and, and that, that, can be, that can be really beneficial for a defense. Uh, maybe you can bottle up the Tigers offense and keep them at two to three yards a carry maybe cause a negative play but one thing that that I've kind of been thinking about this week is we have some speed on our team this week mm-hmm. or this year and you know when you walk eight nine up in the box if you get past the second level there's not anybody there to stop you right so maybe we can bust some long runs um, and, and score some touchdowns that'd be something that I'm going to look for as we face a, a, a run heavy defense um and then special teams um you kind of made the point in your notes here that the return men can take the distance and that was something that they did against lincoln county correct yep they scored a touchdown on the first the opening kickoff in the second half yep um you we talked about the georgia high school football daily newsletter we talk about that at length a lot in this podcast but it is an excellent resource for any fan of high school football in the state of georgia and they did an interview this week with Coach Fritz because of the, how great the Washington Wilkes Lincoln County game was. And they asked him the question, what was the difference in the game? And I, I'm going to read a direct quote here from Coach Fritz about that Lincoln County game. The edge to the game was special teams. We made both PATs, recovered two onside kicks, and had a 78 yard kickoff return for a touchdown, blocked a field goal, and were helped by a missed field goal and point after. No doubt the difference in the game was special teams. So going forward, we know Commerce has had a strength this year in special teams. Yeah, we've talked about it. We have. It's an advantage, especially for a single-A school. Um, Washington Wilkes has an advantage in special teams also, so we'll see kind of how that plays out, if they neutralize each other or if they work in tandem with each other. Yep. Yeah, good stuff there. Um, obviously, that leads right into some of the key players that I wanted to touch on. Uh, we'll kind of go back and forth here with what I've seen. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Washington Books is not shy on talent. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Lead us off some. So, uh, the first player that Dino said stood out to him was number one, Dalen Cobb. He's a junior. Uh, he plays a lot of positions. Quarterback. He's lined up at wide receiver. 
free safety, and uh, he's got him listed here as an athlete. And the reason is, is he has the speed, uh, 4.49 40-yard dash. He can take it the distance anytime. A true dual threat from that quarterback position. Um, I don't know what kind of style. What who would you compare him to in style? Gosh. Maybe a Johnny Manziel. Man, not is it, Lamar Jackson. We definitely hadn't seen this year. Yeah, uh, which worries me a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you made the note here too that he can really throw the ball down the field. He's got some strength with his pass uh, across the middle and out to the sidelines. Uh, also, talented bas- basketball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, averaged 18 points per game last year uh, as a shooting guard. Yeah, really a, an athlete. I mean, that's what he is. An athlete at a quarterback, but he don't don't let that title that, you know, fool you. I mean, he can he can throw the ball. There's, yeah. there's zero doubt that Dalen Cobb's going to be a problem for the Commerce defense. Um, number five. Zach Ayes Jackson, he's a junior running back, an outside linebacker. He's only 5'9 and not even 200 pounds, but he is in the 1,000-pound club down there in Washington. <laughs> he benches 300, cleans 270, and squats 450. A brick. Uh, he's, he's got good speed, but he's a better downhill runner. He runs through arm tackles. He's tough to bring down, and you couple those attributes with the vision that I've seen him have. And you, you got a problem there too. Um, he's had an official visit to East Carolina recently, and um, he's definitely a, col- a college caliber talent. So I'll, I won't be shocked to see him go to a college kind of that caliber uh, once he graduates next year. So that's who that's who we're dealing with there at running back. Next up, up we've got number seven, uh, Quinzabian Jackson. He's a junior wide receiver cornerback. Um, he runs nice routes. He's got good speed. Uh, he seems to be one of Cobb's favorite targets. Uh, also a good defender at corner. He plays physically. And I'm not sure the relation there. They could be related. I'm not sure. But uh, that's Probably. Zacchaeus Jackson and Quinzabian Jackson. Both really good players. I know that much. Number four is uh, Corey Danner. Actually, I'll take the next two, uh, Uncle Saul. Number four is Corey Danner. Uh, he's a senior wide receiver. and He, he plays safety but kind of a linebacker position, sometimes plays corner even. Uh, he's very effective at playing both inside the box and outside on the defending receivers. And my thought is uh, Mr. Danner's going to be playing inside the box a lot. Yeah. And he, he's got some good, you know, vertical, up-the-field kind of quickness about him. He, he can really get out there and, and sniff those tall sweeps out, which has been impressive uh, that I've seen in, the, in some of the film. No, this this guy, the next guy. I've kind of uh, I talked to you about him, you know, mm-hmm. before the show. But let me tell everybody else about him. Uh, it's not just because he's going to Georgia Southern, but this guy, <laughs> number nine, Justin Myers, that plays wide receiver and safety. He's a senior. This dude can play football. Wow. He has got offers from schools, including Tulane and Georgia State. As I mentioned, he's verbally committed right now to play for Georgia Southern. Heavy hitter out of that secondary position. He's got a great nose for the ball. His instincts are unlike anything that I, I've seen as far as high school football this year. And and, and then you couple that too with I've, I haven't seen somebody hit as hard as he does out of that at any position in, in yeah. any of the games we've been to. I mean, he can he'll rattle your bones for sure. Um, from the wide receiver position, he has solid hands and playmaking ability, but his talent. It really shines when he's back there at safety. Uh, I really enjoyed watching some of his highlights this week, and uh, I watched those on Huddle, and 
that kind of led me to his Twitter account, but his Twitter account is actually Sean Taylor in, in the ha- in the headline. And I was like, man, <laughs> you got him. You you got it down. You, you play just like him. So he's going to be a big problem. Um, so we're going to have to put a hat on him if we if we want to if we want to advance the ball down the field. I know he's going to be coming up, probably blitzing a lot, showing a lot up there, yeah. uh, trying to disrupt that option. Um, but uh, he, he's a smart, he's a very smart player too. So I wouldn't be surprised that uh, you, you won't catch him out of position. And he, he's just he's just stout, man. And you you talk about disrupting the option. One thing with the triple option is when you play athletes, you can sometimes run against defensive players who can play the pitch and the quarterback. Yeah. And you wonder, you know, is is Myers one of those guys? He could. Can be. he come up from the safety position and play the pitch? The, the back and the quarterback defend both, and that really limits the option. Yeah, um, and and I talked to you about this for the before the show, but he's also kind of like Richard LeCount in that he's the field general back yeah. there. You can tell that he's kind of getting guys where they need to be. He's seeing what 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 the formations are. Um, I've been really impressed watching him. Cool. We got uh, next. We got number eight, Javaris Harden, sophomore tight end, outside linebacker. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, he hits and holds, blocks well, and uh, likewise on the defensive side, he can get off those blocks and find his way through gaps, uh, really tackles well, uh, impressive for an underclassman. Quinshawn Hurst, number two, uh, not sure about the relation to Garrison Hurst, shout out to Garrison Hurst, <laughs> from Lincoln County, not sure, not too far down the road, no, so they, they could be related there. He's a sophomore running back, and he's an outside linebacker, mostly kind of filling that linebacker position uh, this this year well. He had 12 solo tackles against Lincoln County uh, and five assists last week as well. So look out for him, number two, uh, Quinshawn, in that linebacker role. Lastly, we've got senior middle linebacker Malik Wheeler, number 44. And uh, this is a guy that you're going to be seeing – kind of patrolling the B2B gaps. You know, he's going to be B-gap, A-gap, A-gap, B-gap, kind of trying to defend the midline, you know, helping that nose man out on defense. So we'll see a lot of battles between guards and center with that that middle linebacker uh, trying to get a hat on a hat and and taking care of him. We'll see if he can hand shut those blocks and get in there and disrupt some plays. Yeah, obviously a lot of good players we just covered. There's even more than that uh, that we didn't cover. But those are some of the best players that I saw in kind of watching the films, watching the highlights, and then just kind of looking at some of the stats. But really talented team down there. So let's talk next uh, before we kind of close this thing out about matchups. So we have me and you essentially came to four matchups that we we want to watch for. Number one, Washington Wilkes receivers, and not even receivers, also running backs, skill players that can catch the ball out of the backfield, mm-hmm. versus Commerce secondary. So, I don't want to it's be a, too. It's a, it's a familiar story that we is. talk about here. I don't want to be too critical here because I I don't think that we're doing anything wrong, but Commerce secondary has been targeted a lot this year. And and we've handled and it, it pretty his, well historically. Historically, this is I mean. something that my entire life, when when people think about playing commerce, they think about throwing the ball because they they see stats like Social Circle had. They had over two hundred yeah, yards. Twenty five, thirty five. You know, again, great completion rate, and you know, 
chunks of yardage. Right, and first downs, like just right. quick first downs. And uh, Joe actually brought up a good point last week when we were watching the Georgia-Florida game is that Commerce struggles a little bit against the pass and defending the pass because we don't see it a lot in practice. That's yep. one, we, as a scout team, we don't duplicate the talent and the speed and the efficiency with which right. these teams operate right. in this modern level. So it, it'll be interesting to see who lines up at cornerback, who lines up at safety. Uh, we've rotated a ton of players in. Uh, we've seen the emergence of Landon uh, Worley. Gavin Dolly's played pretty well this year. Um, Draylon Martin's played some corner. Austin Brock's played some corner. You got Huff, Dunbar, Cunningham. All those guys have played safety. So what formation do we come out in defensively? And then who is in there? to kind of neutralize uh, Washington Wilkes' passing attack that, that we've seen be pretty productive this yeah. year. Yeah, and, you know, it's we've made good adjustments this year. We have. Pass, and we have talent back there. I don't think we're in as bad a shape as we have been previously with right. Commerce teams. I right. think we're in pretty good shape. Uh, we mentioned the bend don't break kind mm-hmm. of method. I'm sure we'll see a lot of that. So commerce fans, just be patient. Right. <laughs> as long as they're not putting points on the board every single time they get the ball, we're still okay. we're in we're in okay shape. I know we don't want to get in a shootout, and I was kind of looking forward to some, earlier in the week. It looked like rain, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this is gonna be great. I hope it pours. Yeah. But uh, obviously that won't be the case. So they're, they're I think they're gonna air it out. But let you know, just be patient. Let's trust the defense. And you never know when a commerce corner will jump around. Yeah, you know that that's something that can change a game. We get a, a quick turnover, an interception, pick six maybe, and and that can be a huge weapon for Commerce's defense. Yep, uh, line of scrimmage. That's kind of our second battle we wanted to talk about. One thing I wanted to mention, and uh, watching Lincoln County and Washington Wilkes, and really in watching Washington Wilkes and several other games this year, and the highlights kind of from this past week that I was doing. I would say, and this I don't want this to come back to bite us by any means, but I would say the line of scrimmage is where we have the biggest advantage over Washington Wilkes. Yeah, and Commerce traditionally is a line of scrimmage school. Like we run the ball, every running attack is built on a strong offensive line. And we've definitely got that this year. Uh, Childers, Freeman, uh, Hardy, Super, and um, gosh, my mind's failing me right now. Big truck. <laughs> Gaddis. Gaddis. Big truck. Uh, and then we've had uh, <laughs> David King come in and play some tight end for us in our heavy set. So we've got some talent. Freddy's is bought well. Um, what I think we'll see, and, and you can never tell what the Commerce offensive minds will come up with as a game plan, but what I've seen in the past is that Commerce will come out in a really heavy front. Uh, we'll have tight splits, and we'll really try to power those guys off the line of scrimmage. I think that we can get some movement. Um, they've got a huge nose guard, uh, number 73, if Big I remember boy. from the film. Big boy. That'll be a cool matchup to see. Landon Hardy's probably one of our smallest linemen, if not the smallest, at the center position. Can he match up well to this guy who's probably 300 pounds? He's probably giving up 100 pounds to this guy. Probably least. so. Um, so probably a lot of double teams on the nose. That slip guy, the guard on the double team is going to be slipping off to a linebacker. Can he get his hat on the play side side and hook him so he doesn't run down the play from behind? Those are the kind of matchups that really make football a game of inches and that can be the difference between a touchdown and a two- or three-yard game. Right. So those are the things that you don't see really from the stands. 
but that will have a huge impact on this game. Yeah. Um, and, and with it, and with Washington Wilkes running that three four, it's not just you know when we say line of scrimmage, it's not just who's got their hands in the dirt. Yeah. They're going to have guys standing up on the line. Right. That's going to be a little bit of a different look than I think what Commerce has kind of been seeing. Yeah, and you talked and a little different bit. different player, too. Right. Different type of player. You talked about – and the overall speed in this game, I think, will be greater than what we've seen this Absolutely. season. Washington Wilkes has a lot of team speed. And you talked about earlier before the show how Washington Wilkes defense reminded you of Florida's defense um, this past week against Georgia, how uh, they kind of show blitz mm-hmm. and then they'll back off into coverage. Yeah. Or they'll – show coverage and then all of a sudden they'll bring the whole house you know you never know what's going on that can be difficult for blocking backs that can be difficult for offensive linemen to pick up their assignment it's just hard to read that i think that we have enough experience on the line of scrimmage enough leadership on the line of scrimmage enough coaching that has coached the line of scrimmage to prepare them for that yeah but it will be a battle and defensively we'll have a battle too i think chauncey's played a good season We've or had a good season. We've had a host of folks rotate in at that defensive tackle spot in the three four. Um, Childers has played really well. Uh, Freeman's come in and played some. Uh, Frades has played at that other. You never know who's going to be on the defensive front. We rotate a lot of guys in there, and I think that's another advantage that we have is we have some depth. Yeah. Uh, and some some strength. Um, that, that may slow down a Washington Wilkes offense that only mustered 93, 96 yards against yeah. Lincoln County. Yep, under 100 for sure. Um, third matchup that we want to touch on, special teams. We talked about it a little bit already, but special teams will be such a huge factor in this game. Kickoffs and punts so and covering them. Never in my life – have I seen a Commerce Tiger team with as good of special teams as we have it's this year? Kicking and punting, and we're really everything all around. You're right. I mean, we can return the ball, right? So we can take it the distance off that. We can kick it in the back of the end zone every time. Our punter is outstanding. We cover the ball well, right? I mean, I, I think, but like you mentioned, they have some home run threats themselves. I think that one key thing that that people don't pay attention to, but more Commerce fans have paid attention to in the past two years, is the touchback. If we can pin them deep, make them drive 80 yards, not let them get good returns out to the 40 and 50-yard line, I think that'll be a key key uh, stat for us, a key thing on special teams. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that will hinge on Air Diaz. You know, he wasn't active against Social Circle last week, and I heard some, some rumblings in, in the stands that it may have been like a team rules kind of, kind of sit last week. Um, Elijah Burns, old Elijah, kind of stepped up last week. He he had five out of eight touchbacks. So we we have some depth there at kicker. Um, but you know I think that'll be a big advantage for us in special teams. And Bo Childers, he's an all-state punter. Yeah, uh, he's he's pinned them deep with the punts too. That'll be a thing to look out for. Uh, kickoff and punt coverage, especially. Uh, hopefully, Air Diaz is back. I mean, we could really use him. Um, not that Burns did a bad job, but right. I just but, like I like seeing Air Diaz out there. And he's a he's a place kicker too. Like he's <laughs> right. a field goal kicker. Right. Um, not only does he kick kickoffs, but he's got some experience nailing some pretty big kicks and some pretty big games. Yeah. Last one, and one that is common, I think, in in teams when when. Commerce matches up with teams that are as good, maybe even better talent-wise, 
are just you know just solid not maybe not even as good or better that you know just a good team mm-hmm. that you always have to look at self-inflicted mistakes not only turnovers but negative plays that get you behind the right. sticks and penalties so this is that matchup that's classic like you talked about this is commerce versus commerce right can the offense move the ball without getting behind the chains can we keep the delay of games at bay can we keep the false starts at bay can we prevent ourselves from having a chop block i mean that's one that you almost see every game and i think it's more of a official thing being nitpicky but can we do that can we prevent the holds um, can we limit the turnovers? We fumbled the ball a considerable amount this year. Um, so those are those are big things. Can Commerce stop getting in the way of Commerce this week? And really that, you know, a thing about the option in general is you always got to kind of protect the ball, yeah. control, the, control the clock. I think if we do those couple things, we'll, Make be, a short we'll, game. Be, in, we'll be in a good spot in the fourth quarter. Um, predictions. It's prediction time. It's time for Uncle Song to, to get laid on the line here. I'll lay mine on the line, and, and we'll get out of here. All right. Uh, Commerce 20. Um, Washington Wilkes 19. Whew. Gosh, 19. Uh, One-point game. Whew. Solid. I don't know if I can – My heart ain't going to hold out. I've been too stressed lately. I like Commerce 28, Washington Wilkes 21. Close game. Close game. Uh, I think both of them are good enough on special teams. Hopefully Commerce doesn't make any mistakes on on, on special teams. And I think we control the line of scrimmage. Being an optimist here, <laughs> we walk out of Washington with a win and a good spot to be in as far as region and as far as the playoffs are concerned. Yes, sir. That'll do it for this episode of the Potluck Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Sorry for the length. No, I'm not because there was a lot of good <laughs> stuff in there. A lot of good stuff in there. Check our Twitter at Potluck Football for the weekly Potluck Pick'em, which should be posted around the same time as this Potluck podcast was. So, uh, if you're hearing this, you may have already even done it. <laughs> as well as a new restaurant poll. Yep. Tomorrow afternoon, we'll get the restaurant poll up. We're actually going to go to this restaurant this time. <laughs> and we'll have a review for you next week. We'll see you all in Washington.